podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. For those who don't know, a 5.15 kickoff on a cold, dark Saturday night in the south side of Glasgow can be a recipe for Bedlam. Thankfully for Celtic, it was Bedlam of the good kind, as James Forrest and his teammates sent us home happy with a cup final to look forward to next month. This is the final whistle, this is Tino, and today I'm joined by James. James, how was your night in Mount Florida? Yeah, I enjoyed the 5.15 kickoff. I thought it was a, a good time, the atmosphere was great. Um, it was real cup football stuff, you know, it wasn't one for the ages, but enjoyed the game and we got the job done. Yeah, so we'll do it. We'll take a quick look at the, the starting lineup as always. So, no real surprises at all, but Joe Hart starts on goals. Ralston right back, Juranovic left back, Cattle Vickers and Welsh, the centre defensive pairing. Uh, Beaton at the base of the midfield with McGregor and Turnbull flanking him. Then up top, Kyogo through the middle, Abada on the right and Jota on the left. I was going to ask any real changes to that you would have had. I suppose the only suggestion was that Forrest might have got the nod over Abada. Yeah, and I think they're just you know keeping the kid gloves on for us and making sure his his recovery is complete rather than rushing him back. Um, and it obviously it worked out uh, well. But now nah, there's nothing much you would have changed in that lineup. Yeah, um, obviously pre-match so this cup final um, was all geared towards paying tribute to Bertie Alden, and rightfully so. It was a great tribute to him uh, in the East Stand uh, in the minutes approaching kickoff. Also, a minute's applause by the, the players and supporters. There was a banner, if you've seen it, along the bottom of the stand, and it read out the following quote, they'll encourage you and they'll never forget you. And I believe that's a quote from Bertel's dad, uh, which he said to him when he signed for Celtic initially in 1955. It was a touching tribute, wasn't it? It was. It was quite an emotional one. You know, Bertie's that player that yeah, he was so accessible for fans, you know, for, for such a stand to have achieved you know, what he achieved. And yet, any time you saw him, he couldn't wait to talk to fans and just being amongst it. So it was quite an emotional uh, moment when that trip went up, yeah. Yeah, I think so. In addition to that, the players all wore number 10 on their shorts, which was a nice touch. And then the further tribute in the 67th minute, which was really quite impressive. So, yep, great all in all and well-deserved for Bertie and his family. So back to the game itself. Um, what was your take on the early exchanges? So I thought very early bells, five, six, seven minutes in, Jota looked like the outball and he was getting a bit of change. Looking lively, created a couple of chances, um, including a Rabona cross to the back post, which we mm. might cover. How did you think that went, early bells? Yeah, I thought the, the first, like you say, five, six minutes um, were really strong. And they kind of belied what came after that. It was almost like St. Johnson settled in the really defensive shape after that five, six minutes. And it became quite a, a turgid affair. Celtic were still, you know, pushing and driving, but it was just walls of defence to get through so it was it was frustrating all right um so they just had, had to keep on creating yeah i think we've seen early bells so jota stood up uh sean rooney who we'll get back to mm. uh, stood him up a good few times at early stages set up a really good chance to cut back for david turnbull what was your take on that it's quite hard to see from our angle but what did you think yeah turnbull's making claims to get filled it was long after the ball had gone so i'm, I'm not really having that I think Turnbull's just got it all wrong. I think yeah. it's, it's a good ball. It's a good position. Um, he's taking it with his left, which might have been right. He should be scoring that anyway. He should, sure. should certainly be hitting targets, shouldn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as mentioned there, Celtic have taken control of the game. That You know, they're 
as they often do have at this moment in time, taking all the early possession, um, certainly for the first 15, 20 minutes. But we actually get a scare around about the 20-minute mark, if you remember. So Joe Hart's ended with the ball at his feet. It looked like the obvious ball was to Carter Vickers right on the right-hand side. But he's dithered, he's taking his time. And you can see out the corner of your eye, Michael Halloran, who is a fit lad, bombing to get to him. Yeah. And he's got the block in and it's nearly, nearly crept in. Yeah, I mean, Halloran's done his job absolutely right there, you know, just hair down on the goalie. He's got this kind of languid lackadaisical thing when the ball's trundling along and he's just thinking, I'll just take my time with this, it's no bother. And just a bit more urgency there. You know, we're all, you know, we've all accepted that the playing out from the back is the way it's going to be. You don't need to be taking chances like that. He could have got there earlier on and got it to Carter Vickers and then the move starting rather than putting yourself under pressure there. Yeah, and I agree. I'm all for Ange Ball and and I think, you know, this is the way it's going to be and I think you know bit by bit we're all getting on board with and we're happy to embrace it but it's got to be sharper you know if we're playing out for the back that's fine but there's no reason to you know dilly dally and, and be too casual about it because we could come unstuck and listen Hudson Johnson taking the lead at any point yesterday that could have made for a seriously long afternoon I mean they were defensive when it was nothing each so imagine what they'd be like if they'd got a goal yeah so as the games were on or as the halves were on I think to an extent as well we've abandoned the Ange Ball tactics and we've tried the long ball over the top, particularly to Jota on several occasions. I, I've counted a few times where Juranovic yeah. has tried it. Why do you think they've they've abandoned the strategy at that point? Is that maybe a frustration? It's not players abandoning the strategy. That's that's dictated. So Ange has asked for that because it happened too often for it just to be you know, players acting on their own. Um, it seemed to be something they were instructed to, to try. I'd be surprised at that. So would I. But, but, but it was too it was too often for it not to be. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if it was frustration at the fact that St. Johnson were sitting just so, so deep. Um and the the, the patient build up play, the fans were, were getting frustrated. You could feel that kind of edge at times where fans were balling at guys to to get it forward. And I wonder if just a few times they just felt that and thought, let's just try something a bit different. I think fans need to play their part in this and accept the the way that Celtic play football under Ange and you know constantly knocking at guys to be you know, moving it forward like that. When they're, they're trying to move it forward, but they're looking to also retain the ball and recycle and all these things as well. So just a bit of patience, I think, for the fans would have been good there. Yeah. I think we need a bit of patience for the guy behind me that kept screaming to get Rogic on. Ah, he wasn't <laughs> going to make it. I think he needs to show real patience, given the fact that he's still injured and not in the squad. Um, so yeah, good luck with that one. Um, in terms of St. Johnson, what do you think they brought to the game? So they're getting plaudits in some quarters and not so much elsewhere. People saying they were well set up, you know, they worked hard, and, and I agree with that. But what did they bring to the game, and, and what do you think their game plan was overall? Uh, you know, when the when the talent is the gap in talent is, is as vast as that. We've seen it now from you know multiple teams in the United, Livingston, St. Johnson. That's how they're going to set up. It's horrible football. But what else can they do? They're going to like come and like play Cavalier football and end up getting a spanking. So I'm kind of, I find it frustrating, but I I can't really fault St. Johnson for taking that game plan. Yeah, it's it's hard to do. So I I like Callum Davidson. I think he's a good young coach. And I think, as you say, you can only, you know, work with the tools you've got. And I think he sees the gulf in talent between the two sides. He's got to set up in a certain way. And I mean, they didn't really threaten Joe Hart at all. I was actually quite surprised stats-wise. It said that we had something like 16 goal attempts and they had seven. I'm trying to work out where the seven came from. Long, long Rangers and stuff. <laughs> a couple like of long that. efforts yeah. and different things. But they certainly, I don't think they've had a shot that's troubled Joe Hart at 
at any time in the game. No. But maybe that's where they're at. You know, we've spoken about this in previous games. Maybe their job is to keep it nil-nil as long as they possibly can. And with guys like Sean Rooney and other kind of big figures in their, their defence, maybe a set-piece allows them the, the biggest potential chance of, of stealing something. Yeah, that that's about it. Um, so, like I say, it's, it's, it's hard to watch, but what else are you going to do? Yeah. Um, lots of times, particularly in the first half, we found Carter Vickers with the ball at his feet, which is fine. It's part of the system. And, and previously, we've seen him and Starfelt exchanging lots and lots of passes. Starfelt, sorry, Carter Vickers overall has been excellent. He's a real rock in the centre of defence and he's slotted in without fuss. And I think he's been great. One thing I'm not so keen on, though, is his distribution. You know, it's definitely not his forte. And he's he's played a couple of poor balls at Kyogo. He's tried to find. I think it was a badder down the right with one, and it's not his, his strength at all. I also feel the way Celtic shape up right now, in terms of the aforementioned Rodgers been out, beat on at the base of that defence, or def- the defensive part of the midfield, should I say. He had a decent game yesterday, but he doesn't stitch the game together just as well as Callum McGregor, yeah. and I feel that's where we come unstuck a bit. There's a lot of things there. Um, Abada's not shown enough for a start, so that's hard for a defender. He's coming out, he's looking at his options, and he's got a right winger who's hiding. And I'm a fan of Abada, but he just wasn't shown yesterday. Um, Carter Vickers isn't the one who brings the ball to defence. It's Starfelt. So Starfelt's out and Carter Vickers has assumed that role. It should be Welsh, but is it really part of his game? So that, that's a big part of it. And Rogic is the, is the main part of it, obviously, because you then get McGregor out of that um, defensive midfield base and uh, Beaton taken up. Beaton is a guy in that role for a team that's not going forward that much. You know, he's he's a defensive, defensive midfielder, not a attacking-minded defensive midfielder. And like you say, he doesn't stick his thing together. So there's a lot of personnel there um, that makes up for what we saw yesterday. If Starfield's back, if Abada shows, or dare I say, if Forrest starts, um, and if McGregor's in Beaton's place. Now you say Starfield, what about Chris Julian, your favourite? Starfield. And I don't like Starfield. <laughs> no, not for me. I think, <laughs> I think Julian's a better player, of course he is, right? Um but I think he's an absolute pretender. No, I disagree. I really disagree. I'm a big fan of Julian. I think he showed his importance uh, the year before last, and I think he's going to slot right in. He, his comeback seems to keep getting you know, nudged back and delayed and different things, but I'm really hopeful that he'll slot in soon. I really like Stephen Welsh. You know, I thought he had a really decent game mm-hmm. uh, up to his, his injury. I think Starfield's shown improvement, but I think Julian and Carter Vickers are the, are the defensive pairing for me. And then I think when you see Julian coming out with the ball, I think when he's got McGregor, Turnbull and Rogic ahead of him, I think when James Forrest starts games over a badder, I think they're a different machine altogether. We are. Um, well, maybe, maybe need to touch on Turnbull at some point of that. Um, but yeah, he is a more football-minded defender, Julian. So I'll give him that. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's why it'll fit into Andrew's system. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be disappointed to see some... some uh, Changes there in January. Well, we will see. Um, so, yeah, so a couple of half chances before the break. Carter Vickers themselves had a header, but I think he could have done better. Aye, and it's like Welsh's header against uh, Dundee, Dundee um, where he's, they're trying so hard for that corner. Just use power. You know, yeah. it, it was a great ball in, I think, from Turnbull. Um, and he's done all the running. He's got his position right, and it's square on his head. And if he just, you know, takes that, instead of trying to get the corner, just get it on target. The power itself would have troubled the goalie. Yeah, from from where we were, it looked like he was right in the centre of the goals. He's met yeah. it between the posts, but he's he's kind of glanced it and it's gone well wide. Um, McGregor's also had a, 
an opportunity. It's opened out for him on his left foot just by a few minutes to the break, but I think it was McCartley at the block in. So we've gone out, gone in now and now at half time, and St Johnson they'll have been pretty pleased with that. Yeah, they've half the problem too, and that's that's what they say to do, you know, getting mm-hmm. towards penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, just to look at the stats just now before we get into the second half in a bit more detail. Um, Possession-wise, almost par for the course now. 79% Celtic versus 21% St. Johnson. I've mentioned those goal attempts. 16 for Celtic versus 7 for them, which, as I say, I'm struggling to get my head around that, but fine. Uh, nine corners for Celtic, zero for St. Johnson. But quite a telling start this next one. Zero offsides the whole game. Aye. Very, very rare. And that tells me two things are happening. One is that St. Johnson are sitting in so deep that there's no space to even try and get in behind, let alone get flagged for offside. And the other side of that is that they themselves are offering such little attacking intent or, or attacking threat. They themselves aren't are getting caught in those positions. They're, they're not even, you know, leaving someone up up top to for an out ball that we you know could potentially get caught offside. Yeah, I, I clocked that myself. There's zero offsides. Like in, in a whole game, it's it's not often you see that. But then you think, well, they're capped in so tight, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's very strange. But I think it's quite telling of just how deep uh, St. Johnson's set up. Another stat which I found interesting is the nine yellow cards that Nick Walsh has dished out. Three for Celtic, six for St. Johnson. And actually, in a game that I, th- I thought it wasn't that type of game, it wasn't a particularly dirty game, we'll get to Sean Rooney's elbow. Mm. But generally speaking, I don't think it was too heavy, but he's just shown a real lack of consistency. I think he was right to book Beaton. I have no complaints there. How Kyogo got booked for getting assaulted, brought down and different things, yeah. I don't know. But, but nine yellow cards, were you surprised? Uh, yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't a dirty game. Um you know, of the bookings, were they all met? There was one certainly wasn't merited for a Johnson guy who got booked for not uh, taking his yards when uh, would it have been Juranovic tried took a quick free kick and just hit off him. How's this a Johnson guy? Is he made like give the fellow away and then run ten yards away? Mm-hmm. Just a real. Uh, Walsh was just appalling yesterday, but it was a real lack of football knowledge from a guy who's meant to be a football professional. Yeah, I was going to ask how did you rate Nick Welsh's performance, but you used the word appalling there, and I'm inclined to agree with you. I just thought, over the piece, he gave a very puzzling performance, breaking play up, frustrating, dismissive of players. There was one where Kat, uh, Jota. Jota's went yeah. down, and he, Jota's not going down for the attitude, penalty, and he said, I'll go him. Carter Vickers was uh, nailed by Chris Kane at one point, Welsh is, you know, indicating to me, you know, get up and get on with it yeah. and stuff. I just thought between things like that and breaking up play, and I believe he also played about 97 minutes injury time, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, Not 97 I, minutes, 97 minutes. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Aye, 90 <laughs> plus 97. I just thought overall, though, it was really quite a, I'll be polite, a puzzling performance. Yeah, you know, and, and I agree with you, Beton's Phil was a booking, um, it was a stupid challenge. But where's the consistency then? If that's your marker, that's how you're going to ref the game, then show me consistency. One you've got one, one example where there's a direct comparison where uh, Bryson fouls a Celtic player as we are breaking, um, no foul. Turnbull fouls a St. Johnson player as they're breaking out defence, you know, tugs them back. And it's a uh, sorry, fouled but no booking for St. Johnson, uh, foul and booking for Turnbull. Yeah. Those are the exact same foul. It's a direct comparison. So what's in his head that he's saying, I'm not going to give one in Celtic's benefit, but I'll give one against Celtic. Yeah. All you want is consistency. So yeah. if you're booking Turnbull, you say, okay, that's fine, that's fair. You need to book Turnbull's the other guy. Turnbull's as a booking. Yeah. yeah. You need to book the other guy for doing the same thing. So in terms of, you know, match action, second half, there's, there's not a lot been happening. And again, Celtic are taking the game to St. Johnson, but, you know, nothing's really coming off for us. Jota's trying to make things happen, but it's 
very busy in their doubling up on him. So really, James, cue the hour, cue the man. Uh, James Forrest comes on for Abada, 69 minutes. Just very quickly on Abada, I think now is the time to remove him from the starting lineup. He is not on form. Um, he's a young guy, but he just didn't offer anything yesterday. And, you know, he's got nearly 70 minutes and very little to talk about. So absolutely the right. So I was actually just surprised it wasn't sooner. Ange likes to generally make changes around our mark. I thought Forrest would have come on around then. But just about 10 minutes later, he's come in on the 69th minute. And five minutes later, he then comes up with a match-defining moment. Talk us through the goal. Never lets you down, Jamesy, does he? <laughs> um, so, you know, it's a kind of sclaffed clearance from um, Xander Clark. And it's fallen between Jota and the, I'm not sure it was, St. John's defender. They've had a bit of a kind of tussle for the ball. Jota's come out on top and he's got himself down the wing. Um, it's a good cross into the box, just into the right area. Uh, St. John's player actually handles it as he's kind of blocking it. Um, but no matter, James is there and he just lashes it. Yeah. He catches it sweet. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Nick Walsh was about to blow for the penalty kick anyway. So I'd have loved it. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, there. Yeah. But as you say, Forrest he's found himself in that area and he smashed it home. And listen, it's a brilliant finish. And I mean, whatever you think of James Forrest, and you and I have got our own mixed opinions on him. He comes up with big goals at big times for Celtic. It definitely does, but it doesn't say as well. Any player coming back from injury to score a winner in a cup semi, yeah, you know, he, he, you know, I, I don't dislike James Forrest in any way. You know, he's he's been a great servant, and I was delighted for him to get his goal. And you can see that, you know, in himself when he with his celebration and stuff. He's just a player that frustrates me because I think he's got more to offer than he shows, mm-hmm. despite you know some phenomenal stats and things like that. So, um, but no, I'm not taking anything away from. Him. I thought it was a really well taken goal. And a great time for him again as part of his recovery. Yeah, delighted for him, uh, you know, just to get that. And you can see the delight in his own face. There's various, um, uh, you know, praise doing the rounds for James Forrest this morning on Twitter and different things. So one that I've picked up on, uh, James Forrest, 19 years at the club, which is a long time. Uh, 423 matches, 192 goal contributions, 19 trophies, equaling a trophy every 22 games. It's all right, isn't it? (laughs) He's going. To, I think he, eat those stats. Yeah, eat my goal. Um, I think he's going to end up being one of Celtic's highest decorated players, isn't he? I think he's something like fourth time Lennox, yeah. Bobby Lennox, yeah, maybe, something yeah. like that. So, a real credit to him, and, and delighted for James to get the goal yesterday. Tell me this quick question: Was it a handball by Jota in the build-up? No, and I, th- I think even like they can ask. Um, the fans have been through this on Twitter and stuff, you know, technically laws of the game and all that kind of stuff. It, it's not, so it's two guys coming together and they're both, I think they both have a, a bit of, you know, contact on it, but there's no, you know, it's, it's not goal scoring or anything like that. So um, that's just breaking the ball. So definitely not. Yeah, I've not seen it back in detail or, or slowed down or anything like that, but just asking the question, that's all. Thanks mm. for your definitive answer on that. Yeah. Um, not long after those, obviously Celtic's tails are up, you know, the, the atmosphere's brilliant at that point. There's a real... Uh, buzz around the place to quote Paul McStay. And then around about the 75th minute, I've mentioned Sean Rooney a couple of times. Listen, there's no way to dress this up. He has led with the elbow and he's cleaned Welsh out. He's got a yellow card for it. If it's a yellow card, it's a red card. If, if, if you've seen it. Yeah. If you've seen it to say, yeah. oh, I need to book this guy. Yeah. It means you've seen him swing his elbow and he, he's got to go there. It's not just a lead with the elbow, which is, you know, like Haley's kind of preferred trick. It's a lead and then a, a nudge out. In his, face, in his face, and it's a shocker. I mean, I thought at the time it was a shocker, and I saw it um, this morning uh, the, on, on the, the replay. It's a horrendous challenge. It really is. You know, you, 
you could really have done well it's a serious injury and we don't know what the extent of his injury is. Yeah. Um but it's it's thuggery and you know, I've said it since the start of the season, what kind of game are we looking to export? Is, is that to be allowed in Scottish football? So you're up against a really defensive, frustrating, you know, St. Johnson side, and then to add to that they're allowed to bring thuggery into their game as well. Nah, it's it's just a horrendous refereeing. Yeah. I think it has a really poor challenge and Sean he's a guy I like, he's He's a mad Celtic like fan. That, he went to Cardinal Newman. He's always on Twitter about Celtic. And then after that, I've got the guy next to me. Maybe the guy that was asking for Rodgers, to be fair. Call him an orange, whatever. I'm thinking, you need to get to know Sean Rooney a bit better. But uh, no, I understand the, the frustration at him. And, and it was poor. And there was a wee bit of afters and Joe Hart had to cool things down. And yeah, I just thought it was really disappointing to see that. And frustration, maybe, but there's, there's never an excuse for that. And Welsh has to go off. I think he tried to get up and on with it. But the physios have had to say to him, your, your day's over, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, he threw a wee tantrum and the physio said, you're not going back on. You know, yeah. You're not taking chances with concussions. No, absolutely not. So at that moment, 75, 76 minutes, James McCarthy comes in for Welsh. Now, that wouldn't have been a planned substitution for Ange, but actually over the piece, I was really impressed with how James seen out the final 20 minutes or so of the game. What did you think? Yeah, you know what? I think we're both on record as being fans of McCarthy. He's a guy I always wanted at the club. It's not been a, a good start for him. The, what what he played in his kind of twelve plus injury time yesterday um, was exactly what we want to see from him. You know that kind of calm foot on the ball, breaking up play, distributing uh, distributing the ball, just a calming influence overall. And I thought he did he, he did his job uh, very well. Yeah, I think so. So I'd love to see him if he is fully fit. I'd love to see him at least until Rodic is back. I'd like to see him take that role at beat on the beat on role. Yeah, um, he's well capable for it. He's got. Bags of ability and certainly more ability than Beaton. It's what he was signed for. Yeah, so I'm hoping that he can slot in there. And he should take confidence from yesterday and, and playing his part and getting us to the final. So, um, as mentioned earlier on there, so it's taken about to about 97 minutes before Walsh has blown his whistle. So, nice try, Nick. Tried your best, but the game's played out. There was a couple of nervy moments towards the end. Uh, there was a Beaton inspired moment. So, Beaton's waiting for Hart to come and get it, and Hart's saying, pass it to me, and then waits and waits and waits, and then Beaton does pass it to him as Hart's coming out his goal. And that that was like 96 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if that had gone in, I mean, just, uh, you know, extra time and all that stuff just would have been horrendous. So, just it, it got dealt with, and that's all that matters. Yeah. I think Celtic did see it out well. You know, St. Johnson launched a couple of deep balls in, a couple of long throw ins. Uh, McCarthy played his part in clearing these lines. James Forrest won a foul on the edge of the box and different things. And they've started again. They brought on the subs. I'm not getting any detail, but they've brought on Johnson, um, a Yeti, and a Johnson, a Yeti, and come on, James. I'll come back to his. But they've made the subs to see out the game, and it's been enough. And listen, it'd have been a travesty. Soros, come on. Sorrow. <laughs> I could with her. Sorrow. It'd have been a travesty had it been anything but a win. And listen, Cup. Cup football, you know, whether it's semi-finals or otherwise, they're rarely pretty. Semi-finals, you know, historically are turgid affairs. And and yesterday, despite the, you know, the opening Celtic made the game, it was no different. But listen, it's all about getting through, isn't it? As just one thing on the subs, Johnson, who comes on and, you know, he's quite lively and all that stuff. Have you seen the one where he's gone round the goalie, Sandra Clark? Yep. Right. Well, just live, I've not seen Live. That. And I said to you live, you should be going for a penalty there. And it wasn't a penalty because he didn't. There was, was in contact, but in professional football and professional footballers initiate the contact. The, the goalie came out to himself, and if he goes over the goalie, he's taking a penalty there. What do you think? Is that dirty football? Are you, are you condemning my boy Mikey for being too honest? I am. 
Um, I don't know. I'd like to see it again. I, I thought had he gone down, it'd have been a dive. To be honest with you, no, he'd, he'd have had to gone over the goal. The goalie had committed himself, and Johnson then goes around the goal instead of going the direction he was going in and taking the penalty. Mm. We'll catch that maybe in the weekly show, but mm. I, I just think there's maybe um, he'd have been taking a different route had he left his boot and over the goalie and stuff and then tried to do that. Honest. I thought he'd done fine. He ran the clock down and. Played his part there. Just lay off him, eh? Honest Mikey Johnson. Yeah. Um, so, as I say, you know, cup football, really pretty in the semi-finals, but all of it going through. And we can now relax. You know, the players, I'm sure, will have half an eye in the semi-final day, Hibs versus Rangers. Any preference who we get? Absolutely torn. Um, you know, if it's anybody against them, and it's Tiddly Winks or whatever, I want the other team to win. Um, so, there's a, a game on the day, and I I never won that we win a game, but I'd like to get them in the final. I think so as well. I think, listen, it's great to have a cup fan to look forward to first and foremost. And I think just the occasion of getting Rangers. Listen, we're in a great position. It doesn't really matter who it is. Um, but it'd be great to to get Rangers in the final and really prove a point and, and lay down a marker. Yeah, sure, the tide's turned. Exactly. So less than six months into his role, Ange has now taken us to a cup final and we'll be back at Hamden for that one on Sunday, 19th of December. In the meantime, thanks to James for joining us today. And as always, our thanks to you for listening. We'll see you again next time. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.